2 Kings 18. Now in the third year of Hoshea, son of Elah, king of Israel, Hezekiah, the son of Ahaz, king of Judah, began to reign. He was 25 years old when he began to reign, and he reigned 29 years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Abi, the daughter of Zechariah. He did that which was right in Yahweh's eyes, according to all David his father had done. He removed the high places and broke the pillars and cut down the Asherah. He also broke in pieces the bronze serpent that Moses had made, because in those days the children of Israel burned incense to it, and he called it Nehushtan. He trusted in Yahweh, the God of Israel, so that after him was no one like him among all the kings of Judah, nor among them that were before him. For he joined with Yahweh. He didn't depart from following him, but kept his commandments which Yahweh commanded Moses. Yahweh was with him. Wherever he went, he prospered. He rebelled against the king of Assyria and didn't serve him. He struck the Philistines to Gaza and its borders, from the tower of the watchman to the fortified city. In the fourth year of King Hezekiah, which was the seventh year of Hoshea, son of Elah, king of Assyria of Israel, Shalmaneser, the king of Assyria, came up against Samaria and besieged it. At the end of three years they took it. In the sixth year of Hezekiah, which was the ninth year of Hoshea, king of Israel, Samaria was taken. The king of Assyria carried Israel away to Assyria and put them in Halah and on the Habor, the river of Gozan, and in the cities of the Medes, because they didn't obey Yahweh their God's voice, but transgressed his covenant, even all that Moses the servant of Yahweh commanded, and would not hear it or do it. Now, in the fourteenth year of King Hezekiah, Sennacherib, king of Assyria, came up against all the fortified cities of Judah and took them. Hezekiah the king of Judah sent to the king of Assyria to Lashish, saying, I have offended you. Return from me that which you put on me, and I will bear. The king of Assyria appointed to Hezekiah king of Judah 300 talents of silver and 30 talents of gold. Hezekiah gave him all the silver that was found in Yahweh's house and in the treasures of the king's house. At that time, Hezekiah cut off the gold from the doors of Yahweh's temple and from the pillars which Hezekiah king of Judah had overlaid and gave it to the king of Assyria. The king of Assyria sent Tartan and Rabsaris and Rabshakeh from Lashish to king Hezekiah with a great army to Jerusalem. They went up and came to Jerusalem. When they came up, they came and stood by the conduit of the upper pool, which is in the highway of the Fuller's Field. When they had called to the king, Eliakim, the son of Hilkiah, who was over the household, and Shebna the scribe, and Joah the son of Asaph the recorder, came out to them. Rabsakar said to them, Say now to Hezekiah, The great king, the king of Assyria, says, What confidence is this in which you trust? You say, but they are vain words, There is counsel and strength for war. Now on whom do you trust that you have rebelled against me? Now behold, you trust in the staff of this bruised reed, even in Egypt. If a man leans on it, it will go into his hand and pierce it. So is Pharaoh king of Egypt to all who trust on him. But if you tell me we trust in Yahweh our God, isn't that he whose high places and whose altars Hezekiah has taken away and has said to Judah and to Jerusalem, you shall worship before this altar in Jerusalem? Now therefore, please give pledges to my master, the king of Assyria, and I will give you 2,000 horses if you are able to put riders on them. 
How then can you turn away the face of one captain of the least of my master's servants and put your trust on Egypt for chariots and horses? Have I now come without Yahweh against this place to destroy it? Yahweh said to me, go up against this land and destroy it. Then Eliakim, the son of Hilkiah, Shebna and Joah, said to Rabshakeh, Please, speak to your servants in the Syrian language, for we understand it. Don't speak to us in the Jews' language, the hearing of the people who are on the wall. But Rabshakeh said to them, Has my master sent me to your master and to you to speak these words? Hasn't he sent me to the men who sit on the wall to eat their own dung and to drink their own urine with you? Then Rabshakeh stood and cried with a loud voice in the Jews' language and spoke, saying, Hear the words of the great king, the king of Assyria. The king says, Don't let Hezekiah deceive you, for he will not be able to deliver you out of his hand. Don't let Hezekiah make you trust in Yahweh, saying, Yahweh will surely deliver us, and this city shall not be given into the hand of the king of Assyria. Don't listen to Hezekiah, for the king of Assyria says, Make your peace with me, and come out to me, and every one of you eat from his own vine, and every one from his own fig tree, and every one drink water from his own cistern, until I come and take you away to a land like your own land, a land of grain and new wine, a land of bread and vineyards, a land of olive trees and honey, that you may live and not die. Don't listen to Hezekiah when he persuades you, saying, Yahweh will deliver us. Has any of the gods of the nations ever delivered his land out of the hand of the king of Assyria? Where are the gods of Hamath and Arpad? Where are the gods of Sepharvaim, of Hena and Eva? Have they delivered Samaria out of my hand? Who are they among all the gods of the countries that have delivered their country out of my hand, that Yahweh should deliver Jerusalem out of my hand? But the people remained silent and answered him not a word, for the king's commandment was, Don't answer him. Then Eliakim the son of Hilkiah, who was over the household, came with Shebna the scribe and Joah the son of Asaph the recorder to Hezekiah with their clothes torn and told him Rab Shekar's words. So Hezekiah becomes the 13th monarch and the 12th king of Judah. And he trusts the Lord. And um, Isaiah is the main prophet that's alive at this period of time. And we're going to meet Isaiah in the next um, chapter or so. But Hezekiah's father was Ahaz. And Ahaz was sending money to the Assyrians. And as a, as a part of that, he was also worshipping the Assyrian gods. But Hezekiah wants to worship the real God. And he has to break with the Assyrians to do it. And uh, so one of the things he does is he stops worshipping the Assyrian gods. And he, he starts tearing down all the things, the high places. Even the bronze snake, if you go right back to the book of Numbers, that bronze snake, which was the Lord used as a sign of Christ, way back in Numbers, he has to get rid of it because they're now worshipping it. It's become an idol. And uh, so Hezekiah, is, he's, a, he's a king who trusts God. And uh, it says there was no other king before or after him in Judah that trusted God like him. And um, out of all the kings of Israel and Judah, both countries, there's really only three that stand out. It's King David and King Hezekiah and King Josiah, which we haven't got to yet. King Hezekiah trusts the Lord, like this is genuine faith, 
because he has to break with the Assyrian gods and as part of that, he stops paying the tribute and he's got no choice but to, uh, to expect the Lord to help because he knows as soon as he breaks off with these things, there's going to be consequences and they are. So the king of Assyria comes and all the nasty things get said and done. We've just read. They send messengers that um, are yelling out in the language that everyone can hear saying that you're going to have to eat your filth and you're going to have to, you know, uh, drink your own urine and, and you know, your God can't deliver, deliver you from us and no other God has been able to do that and, you know, don't listen to King Hezekiah and don't trust him. So they're saying all these undermining things. It reminded me of Tokyo Rose in World War II. The Japanese did this in World War II is they had an English-speaking Japanese woman in Tokyo, Tokyo Rose, and she used to broadcast out over the radio waves. You know, all the soldiers would be in the jungle. These would be the Australian soldiers, and they'd be in the jungle of Papua New Guinea and with their wireless radios, and they'd be listening, trying to pick up, you know, news of the world. And along would come Tokyo Rose <laughs> from Japan, and she'd be saying, surrender to the Japanese. It's going to be much better with us, saying <laughs> all these types of things. And so it's propaganda. And... Um, so this is what the king of Assyria is doing, is propaganda. He's trying to make it sound like your God cannot beat us. We've beaten all these other gods. We're going to take you down. But if you surrender, we're going to look after you. It's a complete lie. And I'm pretty sure the people knew it. And what had happened was, first of all, is that Hezekiah had actually sent him money to kind of like say, here's a gift, don't come and attack and you know what? He even took the money and kept on coming. He, you know, Hezekiah said, what do you want? And he said, 300 talents of silver and was it 30 or 50 talents of gold? So Hezekiah sent the amount that he asked for. He took it and then kept on coming to attack. So he betrayed and lied. So he already had demonstrated that his word could not be trusted. Now he's saying, don't trust Hezekiah. But everybody knew it was that king's word that could not be trusted. But as well as that, he actually went through all the land of Judah and he attacked something like 46 cities and destroyed them all. The city of Lashish, which is north of Jerusalem, I think, he um, completely destroyed that city and just killed everyone. And the, the record of that battle has been discovered in archaeology. And, it, and um, the king wrote things like, I slashed their throats and, and uh, I watched the blood run out. And he, very gruesome, like I, I can, can't even say a lot of the things that he wrote about his conquest of Lashish. And there's one of the cities of Judah. And Lash, it was after Lashish that he came to besiege Jerusalem. And it's, it is there he says, you know, just surrender to me and I'll look after you. But everybody knew he's, what he's just done in Lashish. The way he treated all those people, he, they were cruel. And so even though he was saying these propaganda things, um, <laughs> uh, you know, what would you do? If you were in the city of Jerusalem and you, this army is surrounding the city and they had done what they had done to Lashish and all those other places and now they're saying, don't trust Hezekiah, trust us. You would be in a bit of a tricky position and what would you do? And um, well, Hezekiah is a man who trusts God. He, he's, he's, he's like so few people in history he, he completely gives himself over to, he just casts his entire lot into the Lord. He takes a leap of faith. And um, in the next chapter, 
I'm gonna talk about some of the things that he does and um, Isaiah's prophecy. But um, Hezekiah must have felt that he was in, in a, between a rock and a hard place. Like, if you wanna compare this to anything else in, in the Bible, I think the thing that's most comparable here is to when Israel had left Egypt and they're at the Red Sea. You remember that Israel were not a fighting force. They were just men and women. They'd just been slaves their whole life. They did not know how to fight. They didn't have weapons. But the, the Egyptian army was after them and they were trapped against the Red Sea. And who do they have to depend on? They, they only had the Lord. Now, that's such a terrible thing to say because when you say they only had the Lord, it sounds like you don't have much. <laughs> but when you've only got the Lord, it just turns out that you've got everything. But the problem was that most, the problem is that most people don't see it like that. But Hezekiah is someone that trusts the Lord. So we look at it kind of like, oh, lucky Hezekiah, he got out of that one. <laughs> but Hezekiah, somehow, he, like he took a step of faith in trusting the Lord and it paid off big time. This is why it says of him that there was no one like him before or after in all the kings of Judah. And it's why he's even kind of like my favorite king, even above David. And um, because he just had a trust in God. And like David, David was, went through very, very many difficult situations, but he never went through something quite like this. <laughs> and, um, you know, being besieged by an enemy army where, you know, it's, it's, there's really no way out. Only the Lord can deliver. And boy, does the Lord deliver. And we're going to find out that in the next chapter. So Heavenly Father, I ask, Lord, I'm a bit scared of asking actually, because I know that when we ask for certain things, we don't always get what we ask, but we get the, the way to get the thing we ask. Lord, I know that asking for patience doesn't always give us patience. It gives us the opportunity to grow and be patient. And so Lord, asking for the faith of Hezekiah, Lord, I, I don't want to ask for the trials and the tribulations of Hezekiah but I do want to trust you more. Lord, can you help our hearts trust you more? But Lord, spare us from the tribulations of Hezekiah. Lord, let us grow. I thank you for this man. What a great example. And I pray, Lord, that we would be like him, that all our children would be like him. But most of all, I pray that we'd be like Christ. Lord, let faith be strong inside of us. And so, Lord, bless your church. Bless your people. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you.